So this episode is brought to you by iHeartQuinoa. Please use our code. It's AVP20 for 20% off items in their online shop, which is shop.iheartquinoa, spelled K-E-E-N-W-A-H dot com. Everything is vegan except for their aged cheddar, which will be vegan by the end of the year. They have really, really good vegan snacks like chocolate puffs and quinoa clusters. Please check them out. Hey, Cassie, you want to hear a joke? Yes, please. Where does the bad light go? Oh, I don't know. To prism. (laughs) I really like that. What concert costs 45 cents? (gasps) Does it have something to do with 50 cent? Yes. I don't know. I can't think of a good one. It's it's 50 cents featuring Nickelback. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's really good. I know, isn't it hilarious? <laughs> there were two vegan girls from Texas who were podcast geek. They both had, hey, let's do something where we both speak. And even though they weren't known, they bought a microphone to start recording at home. They have a podcast now, it's kind of funny, we think it's another vegan podcast every week. Welcome to another vegan podcast. I'm Cassie. And I'm Brittany. And, and this, this is episode 40. Oh, episode sorry. 40. Because I don't ever know the episodes. Yeah, this is episode 40. We are over the hill, as they say. We are over the hill. It's so exciting. 40 whole episodes. I know. We can stop now. Yep. This is it, guys. Last episode ever. Bye. We love you. That's all it was. Bye. (laughs) We're retiring now. Early, you know, because we're responsible. What's up with stuff? Not much. Just work. And my... Small, tiny human that I grew inside my tummy is turning three. Coincidentally, that is also my veganiversary. My my veganiversary, 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 veganiversary. There it is. I uh, I will be vegan for three years on the same day as my daughter's three year birthday because I went vegan the day she was born. That's awesome. So now you don't have to be vegan anymore. Wow, this is a big milestone of a of a week for us. You don't have to be vegan anymore. We don't have to do the podcast anymore. <laughs> my my favorite childhood movie has been remade, and I'm gonna go see it on Thursday. And uh, for With those me. of you who who don't know, I'm fucking weird. My favorite childhood movie was it. That that is really weird. <laughs> that is that the, was oh. just a childhood movie of mine. Uh, as as someone with cholerophobia, that is the only clown I am not afraid of. <laughs> I don't I don't have a fear of clowns. I think um. I don't know. I don't understand the fear of clowns. Like, I get it after watching it, you'd be afraid of them. Like, you know, you'd be afraid of werewolves or something like that. But it never appealed to me. I, I don't mind them. I don't I don't care about clowns so much. I don't know. Like, it's a mixture of, like, the makeup and this, like, for me, like, um, and now that I'm an adult, I'm like, it's Tim Curry. But I didn't know who Tim Curry was whenever I was watching it when I was a kid. I just knew that uh, it was an evil clown. And if you delve further, he's actually like an alien, um, which fits in right into my line of like weirdness. But also like to me, I was just like, oh, this clown is fucking scary and evil, but he's not pretending to not be scary and evil. He's just a fucking scary evil clown. And I feel like all other clowns are just as scary and evil but they're just pretending they're not, like, making balloons and waiting to pounce. Okay. 
I don't know why yeah. I think clowns are scary and evil. I just think they're scary and evil. And it specifically doesn't freak me out because he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm a fucking monster. Like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess that's what a phobia is. It's a fear of something for, like, no good reason. They're, like, if you don't have the phobia, of course you're not going to understand Right. People have it. Uh, the Simply Made. You know what I'm talking about? The Simply Made. Like, they make orange juice, but then they started making lemonade and things like that. Yeah. Okay, so they make a pink... Or, uh, it's not a pink lemonade. It's a raspberry lemonade. And I keep thinking that I'll just drink it. And so they have... It has pulp in it. And it's driving me fucking crazy. And I'm just like, why is there pulp in lemonade? And every time I take, like, a sip of, like, the buildup of pulp, it makes me, like, almost gag. Because <laughs> it's natural. <laughs> I feel like it's not though. I feel like they like they make lemonade and then they just shred lemons and just throw it in there just to make it look good. Yeah, it's lemon rind. <laughs> it's not just like the pulp. It's the the bad stuff because they're like we're a zero waste company. So there's like stickers in it and rind and leaves. <laughs> the whole lemon tree is just in there. <laughs> Bark. <laughs> That's how they pick lemons. Is they're just like fuck it. They, like, get a crane and pull up the lemon tree by its roots. There's dirt in it. <laughs> they just blend it in a really massive blender. <laughs> and by blender, we mean tr- wood chipper. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, and a wood chipper. <laughs> and then they That's squeeze they make it. it. <laughs> Zero waste lemonade. Anything else? Um, we had a pretty successful garage sale this weekend. I'd say so. So we decided to have a garage sale where we had people donate a bunch of stuff so we could sell it, and all the money was going to go to Austin Pets Alive, and all of the stuff that we didn't sell uh, sell was going to go to the Austin Disaster Relief Network. So we got a good 130-gallon trash bags worth of clothes. Yeah. And some other stuff. And so we had a shitload of clothes. And we managed to raise uh, $690. Yeah, so we partnered with Rabbit Food Grocery for this. It was actually Jessica's idea. Jessica, the co-owner of Rabbit Food Grocery, had the idea to do this a while back just like for any old organization, but then Harvey happened and she was like, this is the time. And so that's why we did the event so last minute. But considering how last minute it was, we did it pretty good. Yeah, no, I think it was amazing that we got so many donations on such a last minute basis. Um, and I think that like probably all of the Harvey related foundations were like flooded with this, like with similar amounts of clothing. But people, know people got... donated other other stuff than clothing. Like we were able to give Austin Pets Alive like a couple of really, really nice crates. The Austin Disaster Relief Network got a big bag of toiletries that someone donated. Oh, we um and some of the like the really good clothing items, Austin Pets Alive Thrift Store, which is like a thrift store where all the proceeds go back into Austin Pets Alive, who is helping rescue and temporarily house like hundreds of animals from Harvey. All of the, the proceeds from that thrift store go to that organization. So we were able to donate like a legit wedding dress and a prom dress to them too. And they were like really excited about it so yeah special thanks to the great y'all beast ravanish zucchini kill rabbit food grocery who all partnered with us to do that we did it through our new organization atx vegans i think it was one of our most awesome fundraisers to date and we have vegan prom coming up yeah yeah we're super excited about that yeah that's what's up with stuff 
Time for a quiz. Time for a quiz. Time for a quiz. Say, kids, what time is it? supply of vegan burgers what is it the beyond burger it is vegan company beyond meat launched the hashtag endless burger photo contest last week to celebrate a distribution milestone of its burger and so basically you take a picture of yourself eating the beyond burger or take a picture of the beyond burger like cooked and all beautiful or or a video and you have to use the hashtag endless burger and the hashtag beyond burger and tag beyond meat one grand prize winner will receive a year's supply of Beyond Burgers valued at $350, which if it's a $350 supply, that lasts me about three weeks. <laughs> While 10 swag bag winners will be chosen shortly after the contest ends September 10th. Oh my god, like, okay, so do you get like one entry per picture or does it matter how many times you post a picture? I don't know. I guess you'd have to go look at the fine print rules. Maybe we should message them because I will. Oh my god! Like we could be winners of this, Cassie. I and Whole Foods just lowered the prices of them. I don't know if that affects it. Like it's actually like I feel like it's like a, a disease or like a sickness or like an addiction. I guess an addiction is the best word. Like I'll go and I'll be like, oh, I'm at Whole Foods. I might as well buy the Beyond Burger and I'll buy like two packs, so I'll have four burgers. And then my daughter doesn't like them. And then I end up eating all of them in, like, a one- or two-day period. And then, like, I'm just like, okay, I need to go back to Whole Foods and get more of these because they're so fucking good. And I don't want to eat anything else for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. All I want to eat is beyond. And then I was like, okay, I can't go to Whole Foods for, like, a month because then I'll buy, like, four packs. And then it'll be, like, two days. Arlo's is fucking amazing, but I can't drive downtown all the time. Yeah. And so the Beyond Burgers for me are, like, heaven. It's like, this is amazing. I can make burgers in my house and they're fucking delicious and I can put whatever I want on them. I don't have to worry about an upcharge for fucking cheese. I can just buy the cheese I want. Well, that is the upcharge. <laughs> well, yeah. But I'm sure it's cheaper, like, across the scale. To of, make of course, it, yeah. Because there's the like 12 slices yourself. and then like, you know, five bucks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're not just charging you like 35 cents for a slice of cheese. They're charging you like a whole dollar. Right. Sure. And then I can put the mustard and the vegan mayonnaise. Because I feel like like all of these things that I like, like they don't have all of them at all of the places. They never do. They never fucking do. Like they don't have avocado at Arlo's. They don't have vegan mayo at Alamo Draft House. Hopefully with any luck, they'll have Dea Cheese soon, which is also going to be super awesome because Dea Cheese has a new formula, which is so good and they are sending us a case of stuff to try and i am going to cry are you ready for mine yes please in wisconsin there's a huge water contamination issue due to this is it due to cheese is the cheese contaminating the meat because it'd be fucking amazing the cheese contaminating the meat contaminating the water yes from all like the 
people flushing their hamburgers down the toilet. Yeah, they're like, I know, let's wash the meat and cheese because it'll be better. In the toilet. And then (laughs) all of the runoff from the tables goes into the water supply. From the table? Yeah, because they have to slaughter stuff on a table. They don't just like slaughter it on the ground. Oh, I thought you were talking. Okay, all right. I thought you were talking about like in the home, people getting ground up meat. They're like, always remember to wash your burgers. I I assume that since Wisconsin is like a big distributor of cheese, that's what Wisconsin is known for. They probably have a lot of slaughterhouses. That's true. That's true. Okay. So yeah, it kind of is, kind of is. It's uh, due to factory farms. According to a letter to the editor sent from this guy named Jerry in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Factory farms have turned dairy cows into machines and are producing more excrement than Wisconsin's landscape can handle. And in Kiwani County, this is in Wisconsin, up to 60% of the drinking water wells are contaminated. And many of the concentrated animal feeding operations, or CAFOs, minimally house 700 or more cows inside those structures. And the reason that the water is getting contaminated is because the manure which is typically flushed out with water so that its volume is multiplied like several times over, and then it's channeled into holding tanks or open pit lagoons, and operators don't just apply the waste once, but over and over as the animals excrete in like huge volumes. And many of the fields that are used for manure dumping were tiled years ago, I guess, to create underground drainage for crop production, and the water was allowed to drain off the land into ditches, creeks, streams, and ponds. And they keep repeatedly dumping liquid and solid manure on those fields and an underground sewage system, and it has been contaminating the waterways and ultimately the drinking water wells in this county in Wisconsin. So they're asking Governor Scott Walker to declare no more CAFOs, like no more using Wisconsin's land for massive animal agriculture anymore because they're having a huge issue with water contamination. That is disgusting. Yeah. I mean, it's unsurprising. I think this is one in like a million cases. Yeah. Where, you know, they they start where those factory farms move in, those CAFOs move in, And, of course, it's not going to be positioned, like, right outside of a large city. It's going to affect really small populations of people that are basically just getting dumped on because, like, that's the only place that they're allowed to go. And and the fucked up thing, the fucked up part about it is that that, those dairy products and those beef products are something that those people are consuming. I know. They're, like, complaining about their water and they're just like, but... This cheesy steak is really yeah. good. It sucks. The it has to be this way. And don't put it by my town. But you know, cheese. But yeah, I don't know. I th- I thought this was interesting because it's not like on Veg News or anything. It's on the Gazette Extra. It it's like deep Wisconsin. Like only Wisconsinites read this newspaper. <laughs> I have a I have a cousin who grew up in Wisconsin. He's really cool. Wisconsin. He's a white guy who listens to a lot of rap music. I know a couple of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's cool. He's cool, though. He liked a lot of Houston rappers, which I gave him credit for. It wasn't all just, you know, Eminem. Like Big Mo? uh, Anyway. Shout out to Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Chris. (laughs) 
<laughs> he used to wear those like big Echo shirts, like Echo Unlimited shirts. Oh, oh god. my god! It was always like half embarrassing to be out with him. <laughs> At one point, it seemed really cool though, because I'm like, oh yeah, cool. He's wearing one of those like rhinoceros shirts that everyone's wearing. That's cool. One of those rhinoceros shirts. Yeah. Time for how to be a vegan. How to be a vegan. Okay, so for this week on How to Be Vegan, speaking of the Beyond Burger, kind of-ish, this has nothing to do with the Beyond Burger technically, we thought we'd take an opportunity to talk about vivisection in vegan food. And we wanted to kind of do a side-by-side comparison on the new Dea Foods acquisition by a Japanese company, Otsuka, and Impossible Foods testing their product on rats and how it relates to veganism. Are these products vegan anymore? Were they ever vegan? We got to talk about it. So that's today's How to Be a Vegan is how do we cope with our vegan food and its proximity to vivisection, which is not vegan. Should we start with Daya, since it's pretty simple? Yeah, that's been the the hot topic recently, is Daya. Yeah, so everyone is seeming to be boycotting Daya foods, which was recently acquired by a Japanese holding company called Otsuka. And Otsuka is one of the largest firms in Japan for health food products and mostly they're known for their herbal supplements and I think the controversy is coming from the fact that Otsuka is kind of like a Procter and Gamble where you have some products that are vegan and then some products that are tested on animals whether or not the ingredients in those products are vegan We don't know, but they are now technically owned by a company who tests on animals. Do they test Daya on animals? No, but they do test some of their stuff on animals in Japan. Cassie, what do you think about it? Is it, is Daya cheese still vegan? I don't know, honestly. Like, I feel like I have a hard line on it, or not a hard line. I feel like there's like a because I am trying to think about it from like an objective perspective or like how, or maybe not an objective perspective, I guess from my perspective on how I buy everything else. And like, if I buy makeup, I don't buy makeup from a company that tests on animals or a company that's owned by a company that tests on animals. If I buy cleaning products, I don't buy, like I stopped buying seventh generation when I realized it was owned by Unilever because I don't want to buy products from Unilever. But then when I come to food, I'm sitting here thinking, well, of course, day is owned by like it's going to be bought by someone that tests on animals because everyone's owned by someone that tests on animals. But like, that's dumb. I feel like for myself, there's like a weird disconnect when I come to food that I'm actually like struggling with. Like, I can't believe it's not butter. The new vegan, I can't believe it's not butter. I'm like, oh, I really want to try that. But it's owned by Unilever and I won't buy shampoo from a company that's owned by Unilever, but I'll buy butter from a company that's owned by Unilever. 
I don't know, honestly. I think it's kind of dumb to make a big fuss about it, but I also like now that I I feel like like when you like when I know like I can't. And it also I guess it got brought out uh, when people were like talking about the new flavors of so delicious. And then a lot of people were like, yeah, So Delicious has totally been owned by a company that tests on animals for years. Yeah. And, like, it's just not news right now, and that's why you're not freaking out about it. But if you did research, like, you would have known that these other companies also do this thing that you're upset about. Yeah, I think that's Um, my biggest problem with how people are reacting right now is that they don't realize how many of their products, like Silk and, like, So Delicious, are owned by large companies who not only test on animals but have non-vegan products in their lines like you know would you would you not support Daya being bought by Otsuka because they test on animals but then you'd buy silk products knowing that they're owned by a company who also sells dairy products because aren't those kind of like the same thing like a sin is a sin right you know it's it's kind of frustrating to me that like one of these petitions i think got over 4000 signatures of like to boycott daya or to like somehow reverse the sale of daya to otsuka which is dumb cuz that's not how business works <laughs> yeah there's like yeah. actually never mind a bunch of people signed a petition and we're going to like yeah. Re- void we're going to rewind this just like white out <laughs> our signature on the line also, we got a chance to talk to Dea about this, about um, to one of their their representatives about this, and she was explaining to me that Otsuka, for Dea's purposes, is a holding company, which does not mean that they're going to at all replace people that work there. They're not going to take control of their line, and that Dea went through painstaking efforts to make sure that everything in their contract stated that they still had total creative control over Dea. Otsuka tests on animals in Japan only as an absolute legal requirement by the country of Japan to test certain nutraceuticals that they have in their in their different brand lines. And that Dea is basically being funded by this huge company that can offer them massive distribution, which means that the price of Dea will drop eventually. They'll have better manufacturing partners. They'll be all over the world, uh, which means that they'll have more and more products. And basically, a holding company just shoves money into your hands and makes you bigger so that they can then also make a profit. So it's not like Dea is ever going to be tested on animals it's not it's a vegan product by any stretch of the imagination also i was reading this opinion piece by the vegan strategist which is veganstrategist.org they have like really cool pieces that you can read it's it's really cool i haven't i haven't read everything so i don't know if they have weird political opinions but their tagline is boldly going where no vegan has gone before they actually reached out to vegan action which is the certifying body of Daya Foods and other men- and other products as vegan. And so they're the ones that quote-unquote vegan certified Daya. They were asked what their opinion is on the whole Daya acquisition, and this is a quote directly from them. They say, We do indeed still consider Daya vegan. The product line and brand is all vegan, does not contain any animal products, and is not tested on animals. That's the criteria we use. 
if we didn't allow companies that are owned by parent companies to apply for and use the certified vegan logo, there wouldn't be any certified vegan products. So I really agree with them and I agree with the vegan strategist and that this is kind of a case of disillusionment and thwarted expectations more than it's a story about how Dea sold out or how Dea went from being a vegan company to a non-vegan company because they're hungry for profits and want more cash or that or that Otsuka just wants cash because Otsuka has a pretty good history of funding health companies and I think what people are seeing in products like Dea is that these are non-allergenic that they provide you know, a food for people who can't consume a lot of products. And so there, you know, it makes sense for Dea to be part of their line. And if we want to ever see a vegan world, this is the change that has to happen. Like this is how we work within a capitalist economy is we get massive distribution so that we don't have that quote unquote vegan tax on everything we buy so that it shows up in more places and they can get more creative and they're not you know, stuck in the, their little tiny box forever. It's very rare, you know, that companies, like, there's Follow Your Heart, of course, but they've been around for decades. And you see that they're also right on par with Dea in terms of releasing new products. And Dea is very rapidly changing, you know, their formula to fit the taste of their consumers. So Dea Foods is either going to be one of these like legacy products where you know it's like a really old company it's still owned by the same two guys but you know they've been barreling this out for 40 years or they can take a really immediate opportunity to be huge i would i would pick the second option i also think it's a lot of like in the moment because i remember a few years back people being upset that gardein was purchased by bird's eye yeah because Bird's Eye like has a lot of non-vegan products and they're not a vegan company, but blah blah blah. And I remember like people being upset about it. And then like now, like two three years later, no one gives a fuck. No, people still buy Gardein. Yeah, like, it's fucking awesome. It's just something new to obsess about. Like it just it seems. I think that's that's the difference for me. Like if you if you choose to not buy products from a company that is owned by a company that you that isn't vegan or that tests on animals or that isn't cruelty free that is a hundred percent your choice that doesn't mean you should boycott a company like that's dumb yeah stuff like this reminds me of um people to sign a petition to have the pope go vegan yeah and I being like you can't petition someone to be vegan like someone has to just be vegan people are petition hungry <laughs> I get like, you sign a couple of petitions on one of those like change.org thing, you get like 500 emails a day. Fucking petitions. Oh, you signed a petition saying that you think that's fucked up, that like women get beat? Here's 5,000 ones about puppies getting beat, <laughs> chickens getting beat, and all these other ones that you think are great. Like, you'd love these, sign these too. Here, give us some money. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. You just like, reminds live, me of. you just live in change.org. Like, what's the new problem today? There was some sort of rule trying to be passed about having to have Texas state teachers uh, disclose their sexual orientation because people didn't want gay people or people thought they had a right to know if uh, 
gay faculty were teaching their students. And I was just like, yeah, fuck this. I go to Texas State. I'm going to sign this. Like, fuck whoever thinks this is a good idea. And so I signed it. I just get like several things about <laughs> LGBTQ rights. And then I think I joined, I signed like a puppy one and it just had like my information signed up. And so I'll get animal rights ones. And like, they're all great. I'm not saying petitions don't work or can't work, but there's just like a difference between like a legitimate petition to do good and just like something like trying to force someone to be vegan or trying to get people to boycott a company because you don't like what they do. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to boy. I mean, I guess technically I am by being vegan, boycotting slaughterhouses, but I'm not like getting a bunch of signatures together to have people boycott a particular slaughterhouse. I mean, this is how I look at it. Like if Daya is a brand of food that you buy at the grocery store, right? Mm. Whenever you go to a restaurant, you're going to, you know, a grocery store of sorts and you order the vegan food that you know about. So when we go to Alamo, we're going to order a Beyond Burger and we're going to make it vegan. And we're still going to be vegan. The product's still going to be vegan. Everyone's still vegan, right? It doesn't matter that we were sitting inside of an Alamo draft house where they also have meat and where they also have dairy. We're still vegan because we're eating and consuming vegan products. And I look at this the same exact way. If you're going to have a problem that Daya Foods is owned by a company that tests on animals, you know, not excusing the fact that it tests on animals, but just acknowledging that it does. What are you doing shopping at a grocery store where they also sell meat products? Because you know that they're profiting off of all of those things equally. So it, it honestly, maybe not even equally, like a lot of vegan products don't have that great of a profit attached to them. Like, and that's why you see the vegan tax put on everything is not just because of distribution, but because restaurants, grocery stores, brands aren't making that huge of a profit off of vegan products yet because we don't have the audience for it yet. It's just hypocritical. Just It just seems like it's new. And so we're just going to jump on attacking whatever's new. So the proximity of the Day of Foods acquisition to now is justification enough to boycott the company and that's not fair to day of foods who have done a lot for veganism so we wanted to put that next to another issue which i i view as totally different and it's impossible foods maker of the impossible burger testing in their own laboratories the ingredient called soy hemoglobin which is the quote-unquote active ingredient in the Impossible Burger that makes it taste meaty. So they published their own report, um, Impossible Foods did, and they said that they tested the ingredient soily hemoglobin on rats by feeding them excessive amounts two years prior to product launch, and then again performed more tests in 2016. And this is a direct quote from them. They said, Every day, rats consumed the equivalent of more than 200 times the amount of heme, which is what they call soily hemoglobin for short, in the form of lehemoglobin that the average American consumes daily from ground beef. In addition to daily observations of overall health, growth, and behavior, a meticulous examination of the rat's organs, which means that they opened these rats up and observed and documented statistics and numbers from their organs, found no evidence of any adverse effect from even this massive overconsumption of soil hemoglobin 
based on this exhaustive testing, we determined that soil hemoglobin is safe for human consumption, even in quantities far beyond what any human could ever consume in our products and would be an ideal source of plant-based heme. It became a key ingredient in the Impossible Burger, and although some call it a secret ingredient, it's not a secret, heme has been part of our diet for hundreds of thousands of years. So that's end quote. So basically, they tested an ingredient that goes into their burger voluntarily without ever being asked by the FDA to do it, without ever being cornered into doing it by the FDA, without it ever being a law per the FDA that you have to test an ingredient in food because that's actually why a lot of companies go into doing herbal supplements instead of pharmaceuticals is because if you stacked pharmaceuticals next to herbal supplements, the amount of research and money that have to go into approving pharmaceutical drugs is astronomical and it's literally like two sheets of paper for herbal supplements because they are considered a food. So when you have a food, even though it's technically new and apparently soy hemoglobin is not a new product or chemical by any means, you don't have to test it. So Impossible Foods doesn't agree with the FDA's testing standards, which is a separate issue. I mean, you can make a really great argument for having to test ingredients. You know, we want our food to be safe. We want to make sure we're consuming the right things for our bodies and that we're not going to get really fucked up from things. I mean, you know, if you if you look at this conversely, like, would we like people to recognize and acknowledge that dairy actually really, really hurts your body? Yes. Should we use, you know, the FDA to be able to tell people that dairy will cause massive harm to your body? Probably. You know, we as vegans would, would in theory, love that. But on a technical level, it's not required. So Impossible Foods, which in my experience, the Impossible Burger, is not marketed to vegans. It's actually marketed to meat eaters, has now admitted to and given reason for testing its products or its product on many, many rats that were then killed. Is this product vegan? What do you think, Cassie? I don't know. I mean, I feel like if they didn't have to do it, then they shouldn't have done it. Like, and I also 100% like don't agree with animal testing, like at all. I think that if you want to know if an ingredient is dangerous to humans, you need to test it on humans. I don't think that we should test it on animals. Yeah. Like in any, in any facet voluntarily test test it on yeah humans. because like like with drug trials and stuff too it's different because people can like volunteer but stuff like food humans so what if it like doesn't hurt rats that doesn't mean it's not going to hurt humans that's why they have like multiple different types of trials just fucking test it on humans voluntary humans yeah. and the problem with that i think is that it would never become voluntary humans it would be a shitty thing where they'd be offering people money and it'd be low-income people they don't have any money and then it would end up being this whole like fucked up situation but i don't think that's how it should be and i don't think it should be tested on animals and i think in this situation like sure they can have a problem with trusting the fda standards they can want to have their own standards 
But if it's not a new product and it's not a product that has ever had issues or whatever, then it shouldn't be tested. And granted, they're not marketing themselves as a vegan company. They're trying to market themselves as a company that cares about animals and blah, blah, blah. And that's why, you know, they wanted to make sure they could do it, which to an extent I understand. Like if it had to be, if it was something that was going to have to be done eventually and they are an animal rights leaning organization, then I 100% think that, yes, I would much rather have, you know, just like, I mean, just like anything else, like, you know, I have a two-year-old. If she has to get a shot or if she has to get blood drawn, like, I don't think that her other parent or even my parents or anyone else that I know is not capable of taking her down to get a shot. I still probably want to do it myself just because it makes me feel more comfortable. It makes me feel like I know what's going on and I'm in control of the situation. So that aspect... I understand, but it wasn't something that was required. Yeah. And if it came down the line later, they could be like, hey, look, we've already been using this. We'll go ahead and do it. Like their reasoning behind it is somewhat logical, but it's not logical enough for me to justify it. Like, no, like I'll never buy it. And I feel, I also feel like I'm like sort of biased because I've already had it and it wasn't that great. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, no, it's definitely not worth the money, especially now that I know they test on animals. But I think that they had a lot of promise. Like, I, I, I feel mostly frustrated because I feel like this company had a lot of promise because I love Beyond Burgers. So right now, no one has the Beyond Burgers except for Alamo Draft House. And I think the Impossible Burger has gotten a lot of traction and it's made like big waves and it's sold out here at Hop Daddy's. Like we had it at a bar in New York. And I just think that they had like a lot of traction building and they had like a good thing going, even though I didn't think it was the best burger. And I thought the texture was like a little like papery, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like it kind of, it was like flakier than the Beyond Burger. Yeah. Um, it was still good. And it was still something that if I went to a restaurant, like I would buy, like when I found out it was at Hop Daddy's and they got the bun situation figured out and figured out that it was a vegan bun even though it was expensive and they didn't have all the stuff, like I was still planning on going to Hop Daddy's and eating it. But now like, it just seems the whole thing is just kind of like, it just kind of ruined it. It, it. it doesn't make sense to do it. I don't think, I don't think it's a vegan product. I think that it could have been a good vegan product and it could have done really good things for getting veganism out there. And they kind of fucked themselves over with this whole animal testing thing. I think so. Yeah. If we could rewind back to two years ago, we'd tell them, don't do it. Yeah. I came across, um, and I don't usually subscribe to fake news, but uh, I came across this Fox News article, which is true. They have sources. um, That even though Impossible Foods did the self-affirming testing, uh, which, you know, it's just a it's a phrase used in the industry to mean that they didn't have to do it, but they did do it. And, hey, FDA, will you declare our product safe? So the FDA, even though it doesn't approve or – I mean, it, they can recall, but they don't approve, quote, unquote, products for consumption. Like you just make it and sell it. That's basically it. But they submitted all their testing to the FDA asking, hey, will you please publicly declare soy hemoglobin safe? And the FDA has said no. They will not approve it as safe. And the FDA um, has done the same thing for like eggs, for instance. They will not declare eggs safe. It doesn't mean that 
heme is not safe. It just means that the FDA is like, look, your animal testing didn't go far enough. We don't like the way you tested it, or it's still so new that we don't know. And also it's kind of a little fishy, I guess, to just trust the company's own findings and not have like a third party do it. Like you find uh, studies were funded by companies that would have a direct benefit in those products being tested as safe, you know, like just like in the pharmaceutical industry, for instance, I can't think of a specific example, but you know, like not that that's what they're doing, but I think that not only was it unnecessary, but they have a product that isn't all that different from other products on the market. Their product is not all that different in purpose. There exist hundreds of vegan burgers. We didn't need another one, considering that Beyond Burgers out there already and they don't do any of that bullshit. That's something to consider. Is heme actually that necessary for the burger? I mean, they say it's an absolutely necessary ingredient. And honestly, the burger isn't that fucking great. It's not like that landmark of a thing. And I think I mentioned this on another one of our podcasts, but if there's anything to credit Impossible Foods for, it's their marketing. It's not their product. It's it's 90% marketing, I would say. You know, just... Oh, absolutely. At the end of the day, you know, I mean, if they could put that kind of marketing behind the Beyond Burger, you'd have the exact same thing. After reading and after thinking about this, we we polled people on Instagram and on Facebook as well about what they think about the Impossible Foods issue. And a lot of people were actually like, yeah, I think it's still vegan. You know, they test other things on animals. Like, what are we going to, you know, expect them not to? I mean, they're doing the right thing. They're seeing if it's safe. And honestly, no. This isn't some groundbreaking new product that we absolutely had to have and it's going to save a million lives and it's not going to do it because if they could put that marketing, like I said, behind another product, we would have a a better chance at actually saving lives. And if you replace those rats with, you know, all of the animals in your life, you know, your mom's dog, your dog, you know, a cat that you know, like if you did that, if you replaced all those rats and thought about it, like all those rats that overconsumed soil hemoglobin and that were killed and opened up and tested on. You replace those with animals that you know in your life. Is this burger worth it? Is this burger vegan? I don't fucking think so. It's not a vegan company. It's owned by a vegan. I don't know if he's vegan though, honestly, because he willingly tested on animals. It's just like, you know, I'm, I, I've said it before too. It's like, If you own a business as a vegan, if you own a business, not if you work for a business, but if you own a business that exploits animals, I don't consider you a fucking vegan. And I don't consider this dude a vegan, the owner of Impossible Foods, you know, the the idea guy behind it. It's, I get it in terms of, I think our customers might really want to know where their food comes from, but no one's asking. And all they had to do was say what they already said, which was heme has been consumed for a really long time now and no one knows about it. Like that's all they would have to say. Instead, they murdered people to find out if it's safe or not because they wanted to sell a burger that badly. At the end of the day, for me, I agree it's not vegan. Putting these two controversies side by side, I think, has really helped me come to terms with that. Because I was also, you know, on the fence with, and, and I, you know, it's, it's a question I posed for our listeners too, was, you know, when does a product become vegan? You know, when is something necessary, like, you know, like Advil or like pharmaceutical drugs that, you know, we depend on for, for living, some of us, 
when do those become vegan? You know, years and years after the animal testing occurred, like we consume tons of products that were once tested on animals. And um, we do so as vegans, knowing that they're no longer tested on animals because it's not a necessity anymore. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, like with Impossible Foods, though, it's not the same. Impossible Foods isn't saving anyone's life. You know, the Impossible Burger isn't changing anyone's life. It was totally unnecessary. At, at this point, it's like it's like if L'Oreal came out with a lipstick and it was just this bright red, gorgeous color. And right next to it, you know, was a a NYX gorgeous red color. Choose the other one. L'Oreal, it's, it's not fucking vegan. It's new. Maybe it's gorgeous. Maybe it doesn't have any animal products in it, but they made a rabbit eat 20 sticks of it. It's not vegan. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not great at coming up with analogies, obviously. But uh, <laughs> imagine your grandma in the grocery store. <laughs> sits on the ground <laughs> um, anyway but yeah just putting those two next to each other i think because at first i was like eh, impossible foods like you know they're doing something they're you know being uh, they're doing it preemptively you know they're doing it on their own terms like good for them like the fda is going to come crashing down on them because lately the fda has been hating on vegan food and um which it has it has but, uh, you know, after reading and reading, it doesn't seem necessary. The day of foods, obviously, that wasn't necessary either. But I think in terms of how many lives it's going to impact, the day is now part of a huge, you know, distribution line. That's going to affect a billion fucking lives. Like, more people are going to eat day of foods. More people are going to realize, you know, that you can go without dairy. It's going to be cheaper for the rest of you know, vegans who are already consumed data, it's going to benefit so many pe people in so many ways. And the Impossible Burger just really doesn't. You know, it applies to a niche audience that can afford it. And, and that's something, you know, we've talked about also that people complain about the cost of the burger. But, you know, just speaking objectively, the cost of the burger is prohibitive. So it's not like, you know, the Impossible Burger is going to be available for the masses because it simply isn't. It's too expensive. It has too short of a shelf life. This isn't going to be something that anyone shopping at HEB can purchase, kind of like Daya is, you know, like Follow Your Heart is. Even like the Beyond Burgers are, like if you, if you shop at Whole Foods, which not, you know, obviously not many poor people shop at Whole Foods, but some do, and especially if they know that the Beyond Burger is there. And it's actually not that expensive. The Impossible right. Burger is, you know, like that's a niche audience. Like it's the only human people that the Impossible Burger is affecting are hipsters. <laughs> hipsters. <laughs> With their glasses and their mustaches. It's not <laughs> worth it. I My vote, if I could slam down the gavel, Dea is vegan impossible burger is not vegan is that what you think i think i yeah 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 i was gonna say i don't know i don't want to make an opinion but i do think the impossible burger is not vegan and i think daya i think daya as a company and as a product itself is vegan as far as their holding companies no i think it's different i think it's different than with food because they weren't they were bought as a vegan company by a non-vegan company. They weren't a non-vegan company creating a vegan company so they could profit off of that market share. Yeah. So yes, I think that Daya is vegan. Yeah. And, and, and our, our opinions can change. Who knows? Next week, we'll give you an update on what we think. But as of today, what is it? September 5th, 2017.
<laughs> we no, on at eleven ten p.m. at eleven ten p.m. at night on the premiere night of American Horror Story Cult. We believe that Daya Foods is still vegan and has always been vegan, and whether or not you like their products, are still vegan, just like wheatgrass. Whether or not you like it or not, it's vegan. Uh, and Impossible Foods can go suck it. Word. So I'm lounging around with my crew just chilling. I'm wearing black and white, but I ain't no villain. And all of a sudden, I get this rumbling feeling. It's my stomach it's telling me I need to be grilling. Some hamburgers, you know, that big, fat, and juicy. The ones that be having you licking your lips profusely. And when you take a bite, you no longer feel down. Cause with that taste of perfection in your mouth, you can't frown. Life's so good when you're eating a burger. It's so unhealthy, it's like artery murder. But you don't even care, cause it tastes so good. It's like hamburger, 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 hamburger. Hamburger, cheeseburger, big mac, waffle. Hamburger, cheeseburger, big mac, waffle. Hamburger, cheeseburger, big mac, waffle. Big mac, waffle. Big mac, waffle. Hamburger, cheeseburger, big mac. So, yeah, anyway, tell us what you think. We we have a, a post on Instagram. Go find it. Reply to that or reply to this podcast. Tell us everything you think. Reply to the the Facebook post where we post this this episode. Tell us what you think. Are you going to keep consuming the Impossible Burger? Have you even consumed it? Are you going to turn your back on it? Was it necessary? Are we talking out of our asses? I mean, the answer is yes, but we might be right. Doesn't mean we're not right. Even if we're talking out of our buttholes. Now, on next week's episode, Cassie's going to give us an update on how close her boyfriend is to becoming a vegan. <laughs> I actually had someone tell me that they should be on our podcast as like a recurring guest on like Britty makes this person go vegan. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. Shout out to Justin. Yeah. Who's still not vegan and has I think still not watched Earthlings. Ugh, people. Anyway, Ian Walling was supposed to be a recurring guest on our podcast, but he's too cool for us. He's still invited. And you know what? Nothing lasts, Cassie. Everything dies, but not this podcast. This podcast will live forever. <laughs> when we are in nuclear holocaust, we will still be bringing you podcasts live from our little bunkers. Good night, folks. Thanks. We love you. Bye. Laters. Episode 40. Another Vegan Podcast is recorded in Austin, Texas by your hosts, Brittany Hamby and Cassie Sines. Our producer is Juan Martinez. Intro music by David DiGenato. For show notes, news, recipes, and more, check out our website at anotherveganpodcast.org. Subscribe using iTunes and Stitcher, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for Another Vegan Podcast. Thanks for listening.